Hello and welcome to another episode of My Favorite Conservative. I am Edward. And I am Andrea, but I am not conservative. You're not? No, but he is my favorite conservative. Oh, thank you. All right, so we have a special episode today. This this is not live, so we are doing this a little bit in advance, but happy New Year's Eve or happy 2024, depending on yeah, when you're listening. That's true. Um, Edward, what are we talking about today in this, this pre-recorded non-live? Well, this is <laughs> going to be a little different today because we have been getting a lot of emails, comments on all our social media platforms asking us about us, about who we are and how we came to our beliefs. So uh, disclaimer up front, I am a lot more of a private person than you are. <laughs> so, yes, yes. As Andrea is all over you, social media. You Google so. me, you'll find me on the first five pages of Google. Good luck Googling him. Yeah, she's, you're an accomplished author and whatnot. Uh -huh. and I am a very private citizen. So it might be a little kicking and dragging and screaming, getting some things out of me today, but Give it your best shot. Yes. And Beatrix, our kitty, if you can't, if you're listening, you won't be able to see but our beautiful gray tabbies joining us and she's older and not feeling well. So but she's here with us today. Um, and you know, we also have been getting some comments about there are people that think we hate each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would not be spending time together if we hated each other. Yeah. If this is hate, give me more. Oh, okay. So um, I'm going to interview you first. Okay. Does that sound good? Let's do it. Okay. So I want you to take me back to your early, early childhood. Was, were your parents politically involved? Did they talk to you about what was going on in the world and culture and things like that? Okay. Um, good question. I was actually raised in a divorced family. My parents split when I was about two years old. Uh, my father lived a few hours away and only got, I only got to see him maybe a week during the summer. Uh, my mother, not really politically active at all. If anything, she was slightly more liberal, I think, than, you know, what would have been center at that point, which okay. today now is probably conservative. But Right, right. So, right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so really, I didn't have a lot of input from my father. Okay. And what about school? I mean, were there any teachers? I mean, you know, when you when you were talking about world history or American history or American government? Anything that you remember? No, because back then, like teachers really didn't put any of their personal views in, which was now looking back on it, it's really nice. You know? Yeah, so, I, well, I know, but but do you remember anything happening in the classroom or anything where you were like, I, I, I don't agree with that? Maybe another student, like I don't agree, or do you guys well, have mock debates? I mean, I always love to learn about history and okay. American history and all that, but um, I really you know i was athletic i was totally into sports and doing everything i was just a kid you know not really involved in thinking about greater things than me okay so was there a moment or did something happen where you realized that you needed to learn more or yeah 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 actually very interesting story um by the time now i was 16. Okay. All right. And I was getting, I, I used to love to read the newspaper every morning. Oh, okay. Well, now remember, see, there was no, there was no internet back then. That's right? important. Yeah. And I mean, I learned, yeah, fast forward, I was a, a bond trader for 25 years and I learned how to do math by the morning paper, picking up 
and looking at box scores and baseball scores and figuring out averages and things like that. My mom would quiz me every morning on, you know, if he got two more hits with three more at bats, what's his batting average now and all kinds of stuff. So it was great uh, learning. So I absorbed the newspaper, obviously started in the sports and the comics and then moved into the local section and things. And so you were paying attention. Yeah, I guess I was. I, I didn't think so at the time, but yeah. I was, you know, my mom has uh, always been involved in, in, literature and publishing and things like that. So I always had a lot of books around me, not that I'm a big reader, but I like reading more articles still do today. Yes, you do. Um, but yeah, so back in 1976, now I'm 16 years old at the time. Okay. So I do the math people out there. He was 16 and 76. Okay. How old oh, is he now? All right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was our other show. That, yeah. was, that was your birthday show. We already right. did that last week. But I uh, was dating a girl in high school. She was my high school sweetheart. And her father happened to be the local fire inspector who was also president of the union for the firefighters, a former, he moved down from New York. Now this is down in South Florida, okay. Pompano Beach, Florida, actually. It was just north of Fort Lauderdale. And he was a big union guy. And at that point I knew that I wasn't big on unions just from what I kind of common sense figured out that everybody shouldn't be paid the same if some people are better than others, but. Okay. So I, I before you tell us the rest of the story. So, um, yeah. How did you come to that opinion? I mean, was it reading in the newspaper about unions? Was it, I think that's so interesting that you, you came to that opinion on your own, that there wasn't any outside influence other than perhaps what you were just reading. In the newspaper. Yeah. I, I think it was just things I was picking up and basic fairness, I think. Okay. Um, you know, I, I Maybe it comes from, uh, you know, I told you we were divorced and my mother worked. She worked her, her ass off. She, she really did. And yeah. she got paid way less than the men did for doing the exact same job. And, you know, so I always had that little burr up my. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> okay. All right, but so anyway, so it's 1976. Okay. It's Gerald Ford versus Jimmy Carter. I knew just in my soul that I was a Republican. I was more conservative at that point. I love that you knew that like in, yeah, in your soul. Really, yeah, I really did. And we got into a debate one night and you and the girlfriend's father. Correct. Okay. And I got my butt kicked and <laughs> because I didn't know how to formulate my thoughts and opinions okay. and express them properly. And I remember going home that night and saying, this will never happen again. I will never be unprepared to discuss my beliefs. See, what I think is interesting about you is that you were an athlete you, your entire childhood. And I feel like being an athlete and being and being determined to win, that is where that mentality came from. Well, like, it's, I, it's merit. Yeah. yeah. Merit yeah. gets you ahead, not just being a member of a group. Right. But but also your desire to like, I will not lose in a debate again. Like, oh, that, yeah. Yeah. That, oh, no doubt. Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah. So um, what about when you started college? Did you? I mean, you and I have talked a little bit about this privately, but I don't feel like when I was in college necessarily that my professors were telling me how to think or, or, or what to think. You know what I mean? They, they wanted me to think for my own. Did you experience any influence in college? Not particularly. Um, I knew that I was a Reagan supporter. Um, I loved everything that he did, you know, throughout the early 80s, you know, because you remember I lived, you know, 16 to age 20 through Jimmy Carter's debacle 
Well, give us some examples of how that personally impacted you. Well, guess what? When you learn to drive at 16 and you have your own car and you're having to fill it with gas and you're making $80 a week working part-time at Sears and you're spending 40 of it in your gas tank, you know, what about and, the and, and sitting gas? in and sitting in gas lines for an hour or two, you know, to get gas because of the yes. shortage. Yeah. Well, yes. These, yes. These self-imposed shortages. Right. Yes. yes. Okay. So, so definitely what was going on around you was influencing your. Yeah, ab absolutely. So yeah, by the time I hit college and in my twenties, I was all on board, but I will say I tried to split the line a little bit and tried to, I, I always said I was a fiscal conservative, but a social liberal. And I think I said that just to get along with people. Really? Yeah. This is the first I'm yeah. hearing of this. Yeah. I love it. Okay. And then I realized that's stupid because the fiscal conservative part doesn't line up with the social liberalism. You cannot fund all of these pie in the sky social liberal policies and be a, and be a conservative fiscally and you are describing my ex-husband by the way okay thank you so much for that <laughs> oh you're welcome i mean at this point in your life like that's yeah. how he would describe himself or at least he did yeah so you have a type i have a type for <laughs> sure yes apparently i yeah. do so yeah i by the time i by the late 80s and i was now in my late 20s and stuff i was full on board you know but you got to remember back then we had newspapers, magazines, yep. and four television stations. Well, actually, no, we'd had cable come in after that, but it was mostly entertainment, HBO, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Right, where yeah. There were still, for the news, you went to ABC, NBC, BC, CBS, or, or PBS, and that was it. Oh, I'm glad you said PBS, because yeah. I think most people are thinking Fox, but Fox no. wasn't around oh, God, yet. No, no not, even, yeah, okay. not even close. And what really changed my life was in 1992, I was watching 60 Minutes. Okay. Yeah, I, I see. I'm, I, I'm so interested. Okay. I still thought that they were somewhat down the middle. <clears throat> I, you know, but Keep going. they did a, a, a feature on a guy who they introduced in the setup as this crazy nut job, but he's got a gazillion people listening to him on the radio named Rush Limbaugh. What year was this again? 92. 92. So it was during, okay. during election for Clinton okay. and, and uh, George W. H.W. And so I tuned in and I watched it and I'm watching Limbaugh, Rush, as I'll call him. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense what he's saying. <laughs> uh, it was like, wow. I mean, it was amazing at that moment. Like, holy crap. And so, of course, I, you know, try to find there's no Internet right at this point still trying to find out what station carries right. them and fortunately one of our stations did carry them and so i started listening in 1992 and wow it it was an awakening because rush could do a three-hour show with no guests and yeah. he had maybe five guests a year and make it interesting and informative and funny yeah, and yeah yes yeah, so it, it, it was just amazing and it really changed how i formed things and, and rush brought out a lot of information about how government works and budgeting processes and things like that that you would think are pretty boring but made them incredibly interesting and there were times that i would get frustrated with them I'll give you a quick example i think it was about 96 or so 
and Rush goes on talking about somewhere out in Colorado, they're now going to regulate something to do with SUVs, vehicles. Wow, this is back then. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh, God, Rush, really? You're, you're, you're kind of going over the edge. This is crazy. And I was wrong. <laughs> it was a couple of years later, all of these new regulations come in with SUVs. And it, it, it was just one of many, many things that he was right and took me a while to get there. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And and we I know I know he got the Presidential Medal Medal of Honor from yeah, Trump, I did. but that was uh, right before yeah, he died. Right before he died. Was yeah. that like twenty nineteen? Yeah, he died right right after the election, I think in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. 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 So I think, you know, as an aside here, I think that was one of the biggest blows that we could have had on the right going into a Joe Biden oh, presidency yeah. because Rush galvanized the right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and you've got your Hannity's and your Levin's and everything else, but Rush was the king. No question. Well, because he'd been around so long too. He was, but he was just so good. So, so good that it, it's hard. You know, I, I have never told you this. So as I mentioned earlier here, I was a bond trader for 25 years. And so sitting on a trading desk, you usually don't like to leave your desk a lot. And they would always bring in lunch for us and things like that. But once I discovered Rush, every day from 12 to 1, I would go down to my vehicle and listen to the first hour of the Rush Limbaugh. You would? Yeah. And people wouldn't know where I was. I'm just like, I'm out. I don't have to answer to anybody. You're not paying me. So, I, you know, you make your own money trading and stuff, right? But uh, yeah, so I would listen every single day, at least for the first hour on that. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, that is so sweet. So everybody that wondered where I went at lunchtime, there you go. There was. <laughs> you know, they thought you were having an affair. Oh, something. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. yes. I've heard you talk about some of the people you worked with back then. That's true. Yes. So, a wild industry yes yes um how is it that so many of your high school friends are conservative i think we all kind of grew up in an era and in, in where we grew up it wasn't it wasn't super liberal or anything um although it's, this is broward county florida which is now usually is a, a fight for the presidential election um with a lot of people coming down from New York and things like that. Yeah. Right. But um, no, I, I, I just think we all, we actually discussed, you know, politics and things and when we were practicing and whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, there weren't a lot of Uber liberals where I lived. Okay. Thank goodness. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> not nice. Oh, it's always good to have different yes. viewpoints. It yes. is. Okay. Well, see, I learned something new. You did. I you did. did. Yeah. I did. You're welcome. See? Okay, that's it. Was that was that hard? <laughs> Very painful. Very yes, painful. yes. So. Edward was not sure about this show. By the way, I just mm -hmm. want to say that I was looking at you, and you're so handsome. You are. All right. Am I turning red now? No. no. You, <laughs> you don't. Very kind. You don't Thank turn you. red. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Okay. Now I get to be interviewer. That's right. Let me. You get change to my face here. Change and you interview me. I would. Uh, what is your name? No. <laughs> <laughs> now, now for the for the viewing audience out there, Andrea is a seasoned interviewer. She has interviewed oh, people yeah. for years. Okay. okay. And, and I'm talking deep dive, hour long interviews, <laughs> and I've edited a lot of them for yes. other podcasts and things like that. So 
I am way out of my league here. Oh but, no, you're not. Come on. Yeah, but well, let let's let's start okay. back where you kind of started me. Okay. Were your parents political? No. Well, yes and no. I I said no immediately because I was thinking of my mother. My mother was not. My mother was not political. She she was just not really interested in anything outside of her world at all, okay. which I think was a, one of the bones of contention between my parents. My dad was was definitely involved. You know, he watched the news and. Um, one of his favorite things to do to me when I was a little girl, my mother worked night shift and I always stayed up really late reading. And for some <laughs> reason, my dad let me, I mean, I was eight, nine years old. I had bags under my eyes, guys. I was staying up so late. It was ridiculous, but I would finish a book. I would come tell my dad about it. And then he would quiz me eight, nine years old on world history, like geopolitics. And I'm like, dad, I have no idea what the answer is, but Obviously, that definitely gave me a sense of there There was more than just us, more than just our family, more than just our town or our community. And that my dad really, it was very clear to me, my dad was very interested in the world, you know, outside of us. So it's a big world. Yeah. It's a big world. Yeah, it's, it's a big world. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So uh, how did you, well, well, how were your early opinions formed? I mean, were you more conservative, more liberal? Well, I, I think, again, it kind of goes back to my dad. And dad, you better watch this episode because now I'm talking about you a lot. So I think it goes back to him. I remember I was in junior high. It was 1984. And we did a mock election. And so we all had to come in and say, who are you voting for? Reagan or who was Reagan against? Mondale? In 84? Yeah. Uh, Mondale? Yes, Mondale. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I just went to my dad. I said, Dad, who are you voting for? Yeah, right. <laughs> and he said, Reagan. I said, okay. And yeah. so I just went back to school and said Reagan without really understanding. And, and what's interesting about my mm -hmm. father is his politics have evolved as well because he, he, was, he's, um, he was in the military. His father was a career military. His, his mother was um, a civil servant in the military. So my, my father was definitely a, a, you know, a Reagan Republican. And that changed either either in 88 or 92 i'm not sure exactly when the change happened but but he's no longer considers himself conservative or republican but it really started with that and then the other thing that happened was i wrote a paper in high school about abortion okay and um and this was a time where roe versus wade obviously had long been the law of the land but this was a time where the morning after pill was in clinical trials or just out of clinical trials and got approved in France. And there, there was a big concern in the U S about, you know, is, should we have, I mean, it wasn't even called the morning after pill, but that's what it is. And I, I wrote this paper about abortion, not knowing how I felt completely. And by the time I did all the research and I was done writing the paper, I knew that that I was extremely pro-choice and, and that definitely started to form my politics going forward. So did you turn into a more militant pro-choice as your life went on? Yeah, or? I think what happened was, I mean, I went to college, I, I moved to California, I've mentioned before, I went to USC and I don't feel like my professors had an agenda at all. but. In college, you have lots of opportunities to get involved. The, fun, the funny thing is, like, I had no desire to join a sorority because I, I just, to me, that's like, just be like everybody else. Um, but but I was very interested in 
making sure that women had a right to an abortion. So I started volunteering for Planned Parenthood. Then I volunteered for, and I don't think they exist anymore, but KRAL, the California Abortion Rights Action League. And um, and it was really all around this morning after pill. Like that, that was the big issue. Obviously the right to abortion existed, but can, you know, can you get plan B? Again, it wasn't called that back then. But but I do remember when I went to register to vote, I was um, thinking about it. And, it, and for me, registering to vote was very much sort of like joining a sorority. It was like, I don't want to be a part of this, this, this <laughs> Republican pe- people or these Democrat people. Like I just, I was always very, I had just an independent spirit and streak from the time I was very young. And so I registered independent, but certainly I was a primarily in my early twenties, for sure, a one single or or single issue voter, for sure. So being surrounded, you know, you're living in Southern California. I was, yes. I mean, was that a huge influence on you uh, in terms of how far left you thought? Because you're not going to get a lot of right wing think out there well see that's not the case when when i mean in the early 90s in southern california one of the running jokes was that if you wanted to meet a republican go to orange county orange county was was very conservative for no no not anymore but for a long time so um i i still was not again i had this one issue that was very near and dear to my heart but i wasn't um I wasn't really actively involved in other issues. Like I, I, I remember my best friend from college is Jewish and I remember going to her house for dinners and there would be, be these highly engaged debates about Israel and Palestine, the stuff that we're still talking about today. Yeah. And I just didn't, I had this sort of idea that if I don't know much about it, I'm going to shut the fuck up. Like, you know, and I would listen, but I wasn't really involved. And I think one thing that really changed, and I mentioned this in season one, so I won't go into details about it, but I was in this professional development training that was mandatory to attend for a job. I was 24, and we did this exercise where you had to, you ended up having to talk about your beliefs on abortion, you know, gun control, you you name it. But through this exercise, again, not going into the details, but I was forced to listen to someone who was as die-hard anti-abortion as I was pro pro-abortion, right? And listening to her made me realize one, we were coming at the issue from two different places, and two, just because I don't agree with her didn't mean I didn't like her, because because I had this opportunity to spend time with this woman before they had us they had us do this exercise at the end of the day, which was very smart. Uh, because I wasn't the only one that went, oh my God, this person I've been talking to all day, you know, is so radically different than I thought. And and she felt the same way. She she absolutely felt the same way. And so I think that that really, ma- that made me realize that just because I didn't agree with someone politically, it didn't mean I thought that they were a terrible person. And I mentioned earlier that you reminded me of my ex-husband. Yes, yes you did. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, and he or it is, was, was, I'll say was, cause I don't know anymore, but he was a registered Republican. He considered himself very fiscally conservative, but socially liberal. And, um, and I married him knowing, knowing that. And in fact, I wanted to make a joke at our wedding about, you know, here's this Republican. And I had become a registered Democrat to vote in what had been a closed California primary. 
And and he was so afraid of being exposed as a Republican among <laughs> right, his yeah. liberal friends yeah. that I didn't make the joke at the wedding. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, sporting of you not to do that. I know. I know. Yeah. Although, but I did go into mourning when, when Bush won re-election in 04. Okay. I was in mourning for a good 24 hours. Okay. So yes. it was early Bush derangement syndrome, just uh, maybe no, a fever, just no, a fever. Yeah. Well, I did campaign for um, John Kerry. Okay. In terms of candidates and things in California, you didn't have much of a choice, but did you always vote for the Democrat there? You no, know, I, I, usually I did. I never believed in voting down ticket, I guess is what yep. they call it. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. And I had a friend of mine once, you vote down ticket, don't you? And I'm like, no, like, I, I just, I don't believe in voting if I don't know who the candidates are, the issues, I'm not going to do it. But I did this pivotal point uh, in 2010, it was the California uh, gubernatorial race, and it was between Meg Whitman, who was the Republican nominee, and Jerry Brown, who had been the governor of California in what, 70s or 80s? Uh, he, he was governor forever like multiple times. Well, yes. yes, but he'd been the governor <laughs> yeah. and then like had disappeared for yeah, 20 years and then and came, came back. back. Again. Right. And I remember, and I looked deeply into both candidates because I did not like Jerry Brown. And it was the first time, was it the only time? At least in recent memory, maybe. But it was the first time where I remember going and I, and I looked at Meg Whitman. I did not agree with her on abortion. She's very much pro-life. And um, I, that was the first time where I was no longer a single issue voter. Okay. I wasn't because I knew Jerry Brown would destroy California. I knew it. <laughs> and it was interesting because my, my now ex-husband, he had no influence over my decision whatsoever. Um, but I remember I voted for Meg Whitman, but I didn't tell a lot of people other than my ex because I didn't want to be vilified. Yeah. I really didn't. I mean, I was, I had worked in the entertainment industry. I was a teacher. I mean, I was surrounded by a lot of liberal people. And you talk about unions a lot. You mentioned unions uh, earlier. I do remember <laughs> when I was forced to join the California Teachers Association, the, the union. And, and mind you, I was sharing a full-time job with another teacher. And I'm like, you're, wait, you're taking dues out of my paycheck and I'm not even like full-time salary. Like, like, I don't, yeah. this is like a one semester thing. Uh, yeah, it was. So that turned me off a, a little bit too. So how have, have your politics changed from then to now? Well, I hate to quote Bill Maher, but I think I'm going to, I don't think I've changed very much. I think the Democratic Party has changed okay. radically. You're doing the Reagan quote? Yeah. Yeah. I that's didn't right. leave the Democratic Party. It left me. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Yes. But Bill Maher talks about that all the time. Yeah. His, he says, my views haven't changed. I will I will say that, no, I think I think all my views are pretty much the same. I, I was, I was well, never, for example, I was never, I was very much um, pro-choice, but I was never okay with like right up until the, the moment of birth, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I was right. never, so I feel like in my twenties and thirties where the political parties were specifically the Democrats, I feel like I, I would, would have been considered a leftist to okay. use your term, but now I'm like maybe left to center. Like things have changed so radically. Now I know you're still pro-choice. I am. But in terms of supporting or at least liking Planned Parenthood, 
to me, they've done the same thing where they've gone so far I know. to the left. They have. And, and unfortunately, well, fortunately, abortions are declining because of the latest uh, court rulings and stuff. But their abortion revenue is down. So they have pivoted now to transgender, doing all of that, immediately giving people that sort of thing. Does that upset you? It, it it does because it's one thing if you're an adult. I don't have any problem if you're an adult and you, you want to do stuff to your body. That's just, you're an adult. You're a grown up. But um, I'm not okay. And this is going down a different path, but that's okay. I no, I'm not okay with Planned Parenthood giving minors without the parental consent. Um, I'm not well. I'm not okay with it with minors. Period. But still, let's say parental consent is there. I'm not okay with with minors be able to walk in and get like hormone replacement therapy or or whatever. And, and it makes me really sad because I have very good memories of Planned Parenthood. I did not have health insurance. I did go to Planned Parenthood in college and, and all through my twenties. I mean, that, that was my only uh, really healthcare that I got. Was it for birth control also? Yeah, it was for birth control. It was for an annual exam. I mean, I, I really, I have such fond memories of Planned Parenthood and that it makes me, it makes me sad, it, you know, okay. um, I, it really, really upsets me. I think they followed the trend of most of the left. It's how far can you go? I think they did. Yeah. And I think also from a, a very purely um, <sighs> clinical is not the word, but just a business perspective. You're right. Their abortion revenue went down and they had to find another stream of revenue. And I think that's what they did. And it just it just makes me so sad. To me, it shows the callousness of the organization that they're willing to throw away any principles whatsoever if they had any to begin with. Yes. But that's my view. Wait for that show on abortion. (laughs) Oh, yes. But, you know, we talked about this in season one, but we really didn't promote season one or anything or do reels. We talked about this in season one. Like it was a big deal when I found out what your views on abortion were, how radically, (laughs) how opposite they were of mine. Well, okay, wait. Now, do you want to share that one story on when we were first dating? I shared it in Did season one. That? Oh, that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, in oh, season okay. one, I yes. shared it. Should I share it one more time? Do a quick one. Yes. Quick one. Yeah. Okay, so we were on our 50-hour date, first date, longest first Heck date of my date. life. Heck of a date. Good weekend. And <laughs> and we were finishing the date, going out to brunch on Sunday, and, and the, now we start talking politics, mm-hmm. right? And I find out... Unlike my ex-husband, who socially liberal, you are conservative through and through. Indeed. Indeed. And he is pro-life. So, and I was a little shocked. I, I was. <laughs> I was. I, I don't know why. I was raised by a single mother and stuff? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. I was a little surprised. Um, and so I excused myself to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I did not need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I went to the bathroom to think about whether it was a deal breaker for me. And I knew what my deal breakers were, and and this was not one of them. It just wasn't one of them. And also, thankfully, I was at an age when we met that um, I could not have children and did not want to have children. I had already raised okay. a child, so and you had already raised children. So was it the blue eyes? No. Dang. All right. You want me to say what it was on the air? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Your blue eyes don't do it for me. TMI. Because I have blue-ish eyes. 
So, yeah, yeah. I know his blue eyes, he gets away with murder. Murder, I tell you. So, <laughs> so anyway, that's a little bit about your host. Okay. The hostess is. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I, I would just encourage people. I think what was, what I found very sad was when Trump was elected in 2016 and how many people divorced over this oh, or disowned their family members. I, I, I could not well, believe I it. I think Trump derangement syndrome, syndrome is an actual syndrome because I have no rational people that have gone absolutely off the rails because of this. I mean, yeah. what, when he was elected that night, I mean, how delicious it was to watch for me, obviously. <laughs> okay. The absolute breakdown of these people was beyond. It was... Okay, but you were still as surprised as anyone. Oh, shocked! We Absolutely. watched it. We watched it together. Yes, you we were, did. Yeah, we did. yeah, we did. yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I thought of something while you were talking there about how conservative I am, and people probably think I'm this uber conservative and everything. And you talked about my athletic background before. I recently got together with three <laughs> of my high school former baseball teammates, and I am shout by out to far. Them. Let's shout out to them, Dale, Jack, and Biff. Dale, and, Jack, and Biff. And by far, I am the most liberal. Yeah. Of all, so. <laughs> which, which I'm trying to picture, like, how much more conservative yeah, can they possibly yeah. be? So, uh, so, so I think that's interesting, too, that, yeah. that you you had this group of friends that you all were conservative. Yeah. And that's something else that jumped in my mind is 1-800-282-2882. What the heck is that? That was Rush Limbaugh's phone number. No. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. That oh, time. my gosh. Yeah. Aw. Did someone take over his show? Yeah, it's it's split. They got a couple of co-hosts and stuff, but it's yeah, not the same. Moved on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now you learned more about your host. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> we will be back live next week on um let's see if I can remember the platforms, Rumble, YouTube, LinkedIn, X formerly known as Twitter, and Facebook or Instagram. We have to pick one and we'll figure out which one that's gonna be. Um, so again, that's live 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're listening to the podcast, which always drops the next day, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast available wherever you're listening right now. And um, not at this time, but like a week from now, we will be telling you more about our locals community. So yeah. learn more and go to myfavoriteconservative.show, myfavoriteconservative.show. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And happy 2024. Yes. Go.